Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Live from the Hill, our very own Jamie Dupree with the latest news from D.C. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington. He's here with us in Iowa today, the one and only Jamie Dupree. Uh, did they ever plow your street? Uh, they did, yes, Sean. It was about one <laughs> thirty uh, in the morning is what my mother said, yes. Last night, is the so the, the snowstorm was on Saturday, and your street got plowed. It got on plowed Wednesday. after I left town, so I guess it was Wednesday morning, and there were still a few that were uh, having problems. Yeah, I, I told you, uh, D.C. struggles. That's just the way it is and the way that it's is, always been. That, that is just pathetic. That when is I drove worst. out of my neighborhood, I could couldn't believe how many people had done the same thing that me and my neighbor had done. And that is, if you can imagine from the street corner in, you know, if you lived and your driveway was about maybe 50 yards or so, those people had dug all the way down to the plowed out street just so they could get out. So So in other words, they had to dig themselves out, and that means plow their own street with a shovel. With a shovel, yes, exactly. And and how much, how was your property tax rate in your uh, your county? When the plow came by, my wife did say that at least the plow did not plow us in after we had done all that. They threw the snow to the other side where they had not shoveled, so it did work out well. Wow, unbelievable. All right, so tonight's going to be a pretty interesting night. You got the Fox News debate at 9. You got the Trump event at 9. Uh, Eastern, I'm talking about. And uh, now you got, I guess, some of the undercard people are, are talking gonna about going to rush over to join with Trump. Yeah, I heard that both uh, Huckabee and Santorum are going to go over yeah. and join Trump over there. You know, are, are you, uh, uh, yesterday when we talked, you were still sort of up in the air whether it was a good move for Trump. Uh, I, I still don't, you know, again, the, the only thing is, I think it, it, it introduces a level of uncertainty for Trump that, in a sense, is an odd thing for Trump to allow, because if he were still in tonight's debate, if any one of these Republicans said something mean about him or or something that was not true that he felt like or something that he thought was offensive and negative, he could respond immediately to that. But because he's not going to be there, then those things will go unanswered. Yeah, he's going to have his own event just a few miles away. And conceivably, there's a lot of us here who wonder whether he's going to storm over here after it's over and maybe come to the uh, to the well, spin room or something like that. I don't think he can, because like it's, a sa- it's the same time, right? So uh, I don't yeah, see- but he, he could wait till it's over and then come over here. But I guess the thing I'm saying is by having his own event, he does not get the benefit of then the real time sort of response that he would otherwise when he's here. Overall, I'm not sure that it's a major negative, but you know, there's just, there's always the opportunity that something could happen. And and the one thing you don't want to do is introduce that type of uncertainty just a few days before the vote. Then again, Donald Trump has done everything differently. So why should it matter right now? The reason you got to just stand back and ask yourself this question. Why is Donald Trump so popular? Number one, the people in Washington are at the highest rate of disapproval that they have had in my lifetime, both Democrats and Republicans. Republicans feel betrayed by Washington Republicans. Now, he hits hot-button issues, which have only gotten hotter in the last two years, like illegal immigration, which is now a a top-three issue on the campaign trail, and in many ways it taps into security, which is probably in the forefront of everybody's mind, and the economy is number two. He's politically incorrect. He's, he's, He's... He's not shy. He's unconventional. He's unafraid. He's anti-PC. And so, therefore, I think because he's unconventional, we should, and I was just talking about this with a number of my colleagues here in the press room, and we were all saying, if he's so unconventional and it's worked so well so far, why shouldn't we think then that it's going to keep working? Whereas most candidates would not blow off this debate. Most candidates would not schedule their own rally two miles away uh, at the same time. Uh, Maybe it should work for him simply because he is the non-candidate this time. He is the guy that is doing everything against the way it's usually done, quote unquote. So that's why I'm... I'm not convinced that this is a bad thing for him. But again, as I said, it just it opens up an element of risk that is otherwise not there. Maybe by tomorrow morning we all go whatever and we move into the weekend or maybe not. 
You know, but if you look at the latest polls, it hasn't hurt him. I'm looking nope. at I'm looking at the NBC Wall Street Journal poll, uh, and this is in Iowa. Trump is at 32 in Iowa. Cruz 25. Rubio 18. Yeah. Uh, the again, interesting thing about the last few Iowa polls, uh, looking at it right now, the last three all had the same base result, and that is Trump by seven. Trump so, plus seven. Know, yep. Always looking at trends, you see that. But the one subtrend that I note in there is that Rubio is moving up. 18 in that poll in the NBC Wall Street Journal poll in Iowa is and the in the Monmouth poll he's at 60. Yeah, and yesterday at Rubio's event, it was just sort of my gut feeling being there that this was a much better crowd for Rubio. It was a much more energized Rubio himself, and that I just sort of got that gut feeling that he is trending upward. Now, I'm not saying anything like he's going to come from way back and, and win or anything like that, but I just sort of have the feeling that he's moving a little. For example, and this is only one person, but it's a reminder as a reporter. I was at the Cruise event after the Rubio rally yesterday, and there was a woman who came up to me and introduced herself. She used to live in Atlanta, listened to me down there, and now lives up here in Iowa, and she was dropping by the Cruise event. We started talking, and, and I said, so are you a Cruise supporter? She said, no. Remember, this is at the Cruise event. I said, you voting for Trump? No. Who are you voting for? Rubio, she said. Okay, it's just one person, but it's a reminder and how people are still shopping around and still looking at this point in time, and, and I just wonder if outside of the whole you know show about Donald Trump, if Rubio is maybe picking up a little more steam and it's not being noticed. Well, what did you say, remember, last year, about four years ago, the polls did not pick up on Santorum at all. Again, I'm not saying Rubio is about to do the same thing. I just sort of wonder in my gut whether he's picking well, up Well, if polls, if, if past polls are any indicator, it, it, nobody has a clue what's going to happen here in <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> That's I mean, why seriously. we should stop talking about it. Well, I'll tell you from the rallies I went to yesterday, I spoke to you after the Hillary event, and that seemed like a very regular Hillary rally. And then Bernie Sanders went to the town of Mason City, Iowa, which is north of Des Moines, and had, I think it was 1,100 people last night in this small town. And so again, he draws much bigger numbers than her. Uh, Rubio had a very solid turnout yesterday, and Ted Cruz did too. In fact, it was so crowded by the time I got over there that I couldn't even get in the room. The audio guys were nice enough to throw a cord out in the hallway for me so I could even listen to the event. So, uh, you know, everybody's showing uh, a lot of numbers right now and doing well, but of course, nobody matching the huge numbers of Trump. The big question is, can he translate that from people showing up into actual votes next Monday night? Well, we got to see one thing. I guess the New Hampshire polls are really good for Trump. And I don't know if, if Trump wins Iowa, I say that his poll numbers only go up in New Hampshire. Yeah. If he comes in second in Iowa, I'm not sure it's that big a blow to him, uh, only because his lead in New Hampshire is so astronomical and it hasn't changed. It's been pretty stable now for months and months. Uh, but I've got the NBC Wall Street Journal poll, New Hampshire, Trump plus 19. Yep. The Emerson poll, Trump plus 17. Uh, another New Hampshire poll, the Boston Herald poll, Trump plus 19. Uh, and Trump plus 14 in the ARG poll. I think most of the impact from Iowa, let's just assume that Trump is either first or second here in Iowa, most of the m momentum kind of uh, hit on the New Hampshire polls, I think, would be from others. For example, if Ted Cruz were to win, he might see a little boost in New Hampshire. If Marco Rubio were to finish a strong third or even get up into second, then I think that would give him a much bigger boost in New Hampshire and I think really help him, for example, in his fight mm -hmm. against all the others there. Trump, I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but if he wins, I think that only boosts him later. Later on in other states. Momentum is a big, big deal. If Trump were just say, if Trump were to finish third in Iowa, then I think he would start going down in other states. It's just one of those things where momentum really gets in there and plays a big role. But I think that any candidate that wins Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, it's pretty hard to deny them the nomination. At that point, it's it, it's such, there's a momentum factor and then there's yep. the dropout factor and 
you know, I, it probably comes down to one or two people. Now, I don't think you can dismiss Ted Cruz here in Iowa. I mean, he's barnstormed. He's done the full Grassley, which is that he's gone to every single county in the state, uh, which is no small feat. This is something that, that Charles Grassley, the senator from here, does every election cycle. Yeah, and, and it's, it's worked an very well for him. It's a very interesting test, too. I'm looking at the schedules. I wrote them all out for the next three days. And Cruz has five events Saturday, five more on Sunday, on Saturday, and three on Sunday, whereas Trump just has uh, the five total over three days. You know, Trump is trying to do something different here, not do the retail politics. I'm not being critical. He's just doing it differently. He holds the big rallies, whereas a Cruz, a Rubio, and the others, they do not. I guess this is a real test. If Iowa is going to vote for somebody that just sort of drops in every once in a while and has a big rally one a night and not the guys who went through sort of the retail politicking in all the small towns and everything, then maybe that's a change in how Iowa votes as well. I think so, but you know what? We saw that we saw that with Barack Obama. I mean, uh, he it just became a wave yep. uh, for a particular candidate. But he it did the not... work in Iowa. I think he went out and did the small towns and everything. But I have to he say, did, I remember, the, he, I remember the big the big size of his crowds. We'd never seen anything like it. And Trump has, in a sense, taken that to a new level this time around. We have another poll following yesterday's poll that has uh, well, this one actually had Hillary Clinton in Iowa up by three. Yesterday had Sanders up by four, so I guess by any objective measure, it's a dead heat, Sanders and Hillary. Huge blow to Hillary if she loses Iowa because she's oh, not yeah. going to win New Hampshire. No, I think it's nine polls in the last couple of days, and I want to say the number was four for Hillary and five for Sanders. So, you know, that's, that's about just, right. Yeah. That, that, that's about where we are in that race, sort of back and forth. The test, I think, there for uh, the Hillary uh, Clinton team is they certainly have an infrastructure in place all across the state of Iowa. They have been working the ground very, very hard. But are they going to get swept away by somebody who is able to bring in more new people? Again, the turnout will be so important. I think for Bernie, the, the more new people that are out there, just like for Donald Trump, the, the better that both of them do. I just look back and to me, the parallels are just so striking to eight years ago. Clinton just sort of grinding her way along. You know, you talk to the people at her event events. They're very much for her. But it's not electric anyway. It's it's not that there's a whole bunch of new people out there. And whereas the, the new young kind of edge yeah, certainly goes to Bernie Sanders right now. Uh, and I think in a general election, an unelectable. But I actually think Hillary at this point is so weak. There's a great piece by uh, Jim Garrity out and the title of his article was how the FBI could force the Department of Justice to prosecute Hillary Clinton. And, and they made comparisons to the Petraeus case. And they laid out five specific uh, things like Petraeus, Clinton was clearly an employee of the United States government. Like Petraeus, Clinton knowingly removed documents uh, or materials that were top secret. They quote Ken Cuccinelli, the former attorney general of Virginia. Uh, like Petraeus, Clinton did not have the authority to remove that information from secure locations. Like Petraeus, she demonstrated the intent, intent to retain those documents and materials at an unauthorized location. And and then they went into the story about how James Comey, the FBI director, um, acted at the time. Now, he raises the point that probably he would he would resign and like he almost did back in 2004 uh, when Attorney General John Ashcroft was a top deputy the Justice Department determined the Bush administration and their domestic surveillance program run by the NSA was illegal and at the time there was a race to the hospital bed of, of uh, John Ashcroft with Alberto Gonzalez and Andrew Card and then comes in Comey 
and Robert Mueller, and they raced to the hospital lobby, and they forced Ashcroft not to sign the authorization papers, and they said that if, if he had it, they would have resigned. Yeah, I, I think uh, Comey is one of the most stand-up individuals that I've seen uh, in, in D.C. in many, many years. As for how that plays out on the trail, don't forget, Friday night we're supposed to get the last batch of Hillary Clinton emails out of the State Department, but there's been all that uh, the request by the State Department to get another month uh, because of some of the emails that supposedly have to be reviewed by a number of different agencies. So that email story is certainly not going away anytime soon. All right, so what else do we got coming up uh, that's important on, on the docket? So we're going to have Monday. You know, we've got these events tonight, then they're going to go into the weekend. I know that Ted Cruz is, uh, there's a super PAC that supports Ted Cruz that offered money for a one-on-one -on -one debate with Trump, money to go to charities like like veterans. Yeah, I, don't see, I don't see a one-on-one -on -one debate happening, but I certainly do see, I bet tonight, that Cruz really goes after Trump for not being there. The the way that his crowd, Cruz's crowd last night, uh, when Cruz mocked Trump repeatedly, it played so well. You could feel it in the room as to how good. And in fact, I really think that Cruz, in a sense, won the news cycle this morning because Trump really didn't have much to say other than the written statement about why he wasn't, you know, his final announcement that he wasn't coming to the debate here tonight. But Cruz really had some good sound bites and got an awful lot of play this morning. Not only here in Iowa, but also on the national news. And I would look for Cruz to double down on that tonight in the Cruz debate. Cruz was on my TV show last night, and he was he was on fire. About yeah, he was on fire at this rally, and uh, I just think Did you that, go to that rally? Because that's the one where he mentioned if he's afraid of Megyn Kelly, well, yeah, Mark Yeah, they rattled off their name and everybody else's. Yeah, yeah I, I got a good chuckle out of that, especially watching the why, crowd. Why do you get it? Why, why do you get a turn their nose up when your name was mentioned? No, I'm they just did kidding. not turn their nose up. They, <laughs> they, they cheered loudly. What is they wrong did. with you? Yes, they did. No, and uh, but I just think that it's it's a real advantage for Cruz right now to go after the Rubio by uh, Rubio didn't him. Mean, he talked about it, but in sort of an oblique manner at his event just before Cruz, in which he said it's all a sideshow and it's taking away from a you know discussion of the issues. It, part of this is Cruz trying to frame this as a two man yeah. race. He wants to frame it just between him well, and, yeah. and Trump at this time. All right. Jamie Dupree in Iowa today. Most connected man in Washington.